Two. No. Podcast. With Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad from I Want to Know, and I'm here today with my new friend, Christina Gold. She's a, a Reiki master and a spiritual medium and an empath. Um, I know I'm missing some more stuff in there. Uh, I want to apologize. I got a cold and I didn't have time to uh, medicate properly or anything. So if I sound a little nasally, that's why it is. It's good to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. So I'd like to start um, uh, with the bio that you sent me. You said you had gone through some health issues and then you started looking at a spiritual pathway for healing. Is that correct? Yes. Sort of? Well, it's 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 still a journey, and nothing is ever done. Yeah. Um, I suffered from depression, anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, postpartum, and two attempts at suicide. Wow, that's two in a row. Our last guest started the podcast. With, uh, I I remember. You to Jamie. Yes, you pre- I did. Yeah, he was an awesome guy. Um, well, let's start there. Let's. Where do you think this all came from, or where do you think this stemmed from? Um, being an empath, not knowing where, you know, other people's stuff kind of sticks to me. Like if I go out into a crowd, if they're angry, if they're upset, if they're emotional, it's hard to describe, but it just, it just, it's like a flood of emotions. And then I start to feel like they're my own, but they're not. And, you know, you, you keep bringing that home with you every day and not knowing what to do with it. It does turn into a depression and anxiety. Um, and I'd have, you know, dips and, and valleys, of course. And some years were good. Some years were not so good. Um, but I came across my mentor, um, Carmel Joy Baird, and she talked about anxiety and depression uh, was linked to being highly um, intuitive okay. and actually taking it a step further to being either, you know, psychic, medium, intuitive, empath, or all of them combined. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So how did you take that news? How did the... Uh, I can imagine someone saying, if you've never experienced, you know... Um, the ability to have a prophecy or um, to understand spirits around you and stuff like that, that getting that news would be big news. It was. It was big enough to make me go, okay, I need to investigate this. Okay. Because I, I do believe in God. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that helps. Um, not saying that you have to, but you should believe in something. Okay. Right? Um, I just knew that, you know, taking antidepressants, Binge eating, binge drinking, whatever it was, is not working anymore. And I thought, well, I haven't tried this, so why don't I just see what happens? Okay. And so how did it happen? What what did that look like? I took a, well, it was a six-month uh, mediumship course. I was gifted um, the scholarship from Carmel. And basically, in person, online, um, and I did free readings as well. Uh, because a lot of times when you get a message from spirit or even your intuition, many times you doubt it. You okay. don't trust it. You put it off or you let the ego get in the way and disregard it. So the more times you can trust a message, even if it sounds crazy, you you have to you just have to spit it out mm-hmm. and you know just, hope for the best, I guess. So the more practice I did with 
um, folks for free, the stronger my skill set became. So I get right off the bat the the difference between you said a message from a spirit mm-hmm. or your intuition. What's the difference between? Uh, intuition is your gut feeling. It, right. It's your basically your protection system. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of people don't listen to it. Um, and I, you know, I tell people how they know the difference between ego and intuition. Intuition is always positive. It's always kind. Um, it's soft and gentle, you know, like it comes from, uh, it's almost like hearing, you know, when you hear God speak or angels speak, it's the same type of um, message. It's very soft. It's very light. It's uplifting. Um, okay. Ego is no, you're crazy. It's always negative. Yeah. Yeah. What's So what's the spirit part then? Um, the spirit part is your, your clairs. There are seven clairs. So you have um, knowing seeing, feeling, smelling, tasting. Um, and I have all of them except the tasting part. So, you know, clairvoyance. <laughs> that's, that's an odd one. <laughs> so you're talking about obviously the five senses plus... Mm-hmm. Um, two extras. Two extras, the knowing and the feeling. Feeling, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so you don't have the ability to taste? No, and I don't. <laughs> because the smelling... I always smell cigarette smoke. That seems to be the first thing I smell. Or cologne, perfume. You mean just in general, like when someone comes up to you? Out of nowhere. It's just, if, okay. let's say I'm doing a reading for you and you're in Australia. Yeah. I get a, a whiff of something and I'm okay. like, okay, I'm smelling a cigar. And they'll be like, well, my uncle used to smoke them. Yeah. And I said, well, your uncle's here, obviously. Do you ever notice that around the house? Like, have you ever walked around the house and sometimes you notice certain smells or something doesn't seem... Something's off. Yeah. And and it could be rotting garbage. It could be a lot of things, not just... But most prevalent is scent, um, like scent-based products, perfumes, colognes. So you're not saying you can't taste, like you could have a drink of wine and you know what the wine tastes oh, like. Oh, yeah, I know okay. what that tastes it's like. It's just from a spiritual level, you're not able to taste. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. I honestly don't know a whole bunch about this and a little bit skeptical, so I'm going to ask lots of questions yeah, to try no. to And I love, I welcome skeptics as long as you're open. Yes. Um, I will not read someone that is there to test me. Yeah, yeah. No. I will give your money back and say, here. Yeah. Go spend it on something else. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so what does this uh, uh, school look like? You you said you got your scholarship given to you by Carmel, right? Yes. It, she has a ranch, um, 40 acres. She has gypsy vanner horses where she does a lot of healing because horses, animals actually are very healing. Yeah. Whether you have some type of disability, mental, um, physical, whatever it happens to be, emotional, um, she works with the horses there, but most of her stuff is online, and then she does one-on-one um, coaching, and we have to send in homework. Like, she had given us some missing persons cases that were already solved, Yeah, but we were only given um, a name. Okay. So, just the name, and you start working on it, and then you send in the clues, and then they start, then they'll give you a picture. Yeah. So, the problem is, is when you get a picture... Um, it may, it's too easy, I guess, to just start going off of the features. If you just have a name and a lot of times I don't even need a name. Yep. Sorry. 
sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> he needs a phone for pictures, and I didn't. So you get the picture. You don't need a name, or sometimes you need a name. It. Dep- I mean, I can do both. Like, you know, someone says, I want to hear from my grandmother. I'll be like, okay, don't give me your name. Yeah. Because I really want to listen and see what comes through. And a lot of times, it's a game of charades. So um, she could say, you know, her name is Gertrude, or she can give me a G. Or she could show me butterflies, or she could show me crosses, whatever it happens to be. I have to try and figure out, and I actually keep a book of signs and symbols from spirit, because that's what they do. Hmm. Um, Do do you know what the reason or have a feeling why they would use signs and symbols instead of other languages, like to be able to speak or to write or like just being more clear? Uh, it depends on the energy level of the spirit. Okay. My grandmother is very quiet, so she's operating, like we talk percentages. Um, so she, if she's operating at 20% energy level, because yeah. she's quiet and very reserved, I have to raise my energy level to 80% to get her to even give me something. Okay. And sometimes they, I do hear whispers. Like they'll, they'll tell me, um, you know, I'm just trying to think like, um, she loved to garden, so she would show me gardening. So yeah. I'd be like, who likes to garden? Does your grandmother like to garden? And then she would show me like a brooch. Did your grandmother give you a brooch? Yeah. Is And this, for me, is a sign of a tattoo. There's a tattoo in someone's honor. Yeah. So it's putting the pieces together. Um, sometimes they'll just come out and and, I mean, depending. Then you can have the opposite. The person is so flamboyant. Yeah. And loud and maybe obnoxious. They swear. Yeah. Um, they say things that I'm like, I don't know if I want to say that, but I say it anyways. Um, so with with the spirits and them them speaking to you, they're they're obviously not all good. No. Okay. Um, when they pass, they don't they're they don't have their cancer or whatever they had some type of illness they're perfectly healthy okay. and they're exactly who they were when okay. you, when they were here when they go to heaven they're the same um so let's say you know again uncle joe was a gambler and he liked to swear and curse and maybe you know he didn't do the right things in life and maybe went to jail and such um when they cross over they of course still portray that but they also want to give you messages of love and light and let you know that um, not to do what they did. Right. <laughs> so uh, what about the ones that don't go to heaven? I Honestly, I don't believe in that. I believe that everyone goes to heaven. Okay. And what's that based on? Just based on, you know, you're, you're crossing to the light. Even someone who has attempted um, or unfortunately died by suicide you know, they get stuck for a bit, yeah. but they do eventually find their way. Okay. Um, that's just what I believe. I believe we're, unfortunately, when it comes to Christianity or, you know, depending on the religion, it's very black and white. And I, to me, I feel like we're all light beings, okay. so we all cross over okay. to the light. Yeah. That's yeah. very beautiful. It's a great way to look at That's it. That's how I like to, you know, let's say you you study or you believe in Buddhism, I, I, and I'm a Christian. It doesn't matter. Right. 
we're all the same. I, I, I agree on that part because I, I am a Christian. We go to okay. church regularly. Um, I have friends that are Hare Krishnas and Buddhas and um, uh, of Sikh uh, religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't hold anything against anybody. I, I, I In the Bible, it talks about us loving others and not judging. And so that's what I take out of the Bible is about loving others, right? It doesn't say love them if they're Christian. It doesn't say <laughs> love them if they're nice to you. It says love others, Yes. right? And so, um, you know, regardless of their background, regardless of their religion, who they are, we're, we're just going to uh, love on them as best as we can. Um, and I believe that's what most people in our church think anyways. I mean, Christianity has a wide range of people that believe different things from the um, Westboro Brat Baptist people that are, you know, um, protesting soldiers' funerals to, you know, people that go completely the other way and just turn their back on everything and just believe God will take care of everything for them. So I think there's a really wide range of Christianity out there. But uh, overall, we believe in just loving others and being good to them and helpful and that kind of thing. Yeah, and then I, that's, I'm from the same philosophy, unconditional love. Cool. I wish everyone unconditional love for others and for themselves. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what are some of the things that you went through as you were learning this stuff? So, you know, having not come from a, a maybe there was family members, I don't know, but not <laughs> having any any background in being a medium or a spiritual reader or anything like that, like the you know, even to pray and to meditate takes a lot of work to be to do it well. Maybe a lifetime, mm-hmm. right? To 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 be able to get yourself into another realm where you can open up and be free and listen. Um, even as a Christian, I think a lot of people have a hard time uh, doing that. Um, doesn't talk in the Bible about us speaking to other spirits and stuff like that. Um, so this is something outside the, the realm of normal society um so how did what did that look like for you to to get to that point Mm, um well i tell everyone that meditation is 50 percent of the battle Mm -hmm. because you gotta learn to shut that monkey mind off (laughs) the lizard mind (laughs) yeah the lizard the reptilian yeah um yeah so that that'll help you like just be able to i think as a society we are just so busy and there's so much noise going on that that's why our minds are the way they are. Yeah. Um, meditation really helped me slow everything down, get my anxiety under control. Yeah. And then I started to work on um, breathing. Yeah. That's very helpful. Super important. Yes. Because um, I find, again, as a society, we hold our breath a lot. Too much. When we're stressed, yeah, yeah. when we're anxious, whatever it happens to be. I think as a whole, we're, and I'm all super conscious of my breathing because we're talking about it, but <laughs> I think as a whole, we're all very, very shallow breathers, right? Yes. We're, we're not inhaling yes. and fully exhaling. Yeah. When I listen to, uh, I don't know if you know who Wim Hof is. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's the br- breathing guru, right? Yes, he like, is. He's got it all figured out. Uh, from meditation to controlling body temperature to releasing illness to uh, eliminating viruses out of his body, he he can do it all. And people are listening deeply, including intellectuals, into mm-hmm. what he's doing. Definitely. Well, there's something there. The energy. Yeah, I um, agree. I'm all about energy. Um, so then, speaking of energy, I work with my chakras. So I found that there were quite a few that were blocked, limiting beliefs, yeah. uh, repeating patterns, stuff, unhealed trauma. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I was taught how to do all of that. And then I just practice every day. I have a gratitude journal. I have a dream journal. And I recommend everyone have a dream and a gratitude journal just because you get a lot of messages, you know, from the universe, from your spirit guides, from yeah. your angels, your loved ones, whoever it happens to be, whoever you happen to believe in. Um, just paying attention and you'll see a lot of synchronicity. I believe in the gratitude for sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I used to teach martial arts in class uh, or here at Airdrie. I would teach a class three days a week. And the only cost of taking the class is that you had to tell me something you're grateful for that day. Just to get you in the mindset of being thankful for life. And, you know, if people started repeating themselves, like, I'm just thankful for my mom every day. And then I'm like, dude, you need to get outside yourself and think about what else you're grateful for. Um, and I would make people think of something else when they came into class until, you know, it became very easy for them to become grateful for whatever happened in that day. Um, I think being grateful is probably the, the best tool you can use as a human being to stay positive in your day. Because if all you're focusing on the negative, all you're going to get is negative. Yes. Like attracts like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I have uh, uh, friends that are like that, and I have to limit myself around them because that negativity, as much as I love them and, and want them to be better, uh, it becomes overwhelming for me sometimes. So creating a little bit of separation until I can get my positivity back to a good <laughs> level and be able to hang out with them again. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. The dream one, I, ch I'm, I struggle with a little bit because I don't really remember dreams. Okay. When I was a kid, I remembered nightmares. Mm. but not dreams. Excuse me. This no? cold is kicking my butt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. It's um, all good. Yeah, that I, I don't remember um, dreams all that well. Or if I wake up and I'll have, you know, a little bit like, oh, that was really weird or that was really, but then it goes away instantly. And that's why I recommend having it right beside the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm doing that. I, you know, between, I usually wake between three and five in the morning. Okay. Um, and they actually say you're having a spiritual awakening when you're in those hours of okay. wake, like yeah. Dr. Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I but do. I was following him on Facebook for a while, but I don't think he's really posting much anymore. Um, yeah, he passed away in... Well, that would be why he's not posting anything. <laughs> if he was, it'd be a little freaky. Follow him on YouTube. He's got tons of stuff there. Okay. But that's where my ego journey started with him as well. I love, love, love him. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if, even if you can write down a sentence or two, yeah, then you're, it's kind of like meditation. You're training your mind, your, your conscious mind. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, you know, even before you go to bed, you could say, I'd like to remember a little bit more of my dreams, you know, just ask for a little bit of guidance yeah. and let me know what happens. Keep a journal beside the bed and start writing them down. Yeah. If I remember. Yeah, the, I, when I was younger, I used to read into uh, dreams a lot or want to know what it meant when you dreamt because I had a few reoccurring dreams when I was a kid. Um, it turned out some of them were actual things that happened to me and uh, that when I was very young and they mm -hmm. just stuck in my memory, um, mildly traumatic things. Uh, we had a car, uh, well, me and my cousins were in it, um, pop out of neutral or a park and it rolled down the street for about 30 feet banged off no one got hurt it was nothing mm -hmm. but you imagine it, you know being five or six years old in a car and it rolling away <laughs> uh, my cousin was uh um 
in a wheelchair, um, so not able to do anything inside the car. And so I had that reoccurring dream. And then one day I told my mom about it. And, and I wanted to say dream, but it was more of a nightmare to me because I remember waking up terrified, even though it wasn't anything really that bad. But I told my mom about it when I was probably about 16 about this dream because it would reoccur like throughout my life. And she's like, oh, that actually, that happened to you. You just, it's a memory, not even a dream. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, well, that's why. And then it went away. As soon as I knew that, it stopped coming. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't have it anymore. And then I had another one where uh, there was, uh, this is going to sound so bad, it's like uh, bashing redheads, but it was a redheaded bully <laughs> in the dream. And that didn't happen to me, but uh, I had a reoccurring dream of this redheaded bully chasing me all the time. So, And our families are all redheads, so hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't I don't have a clue. May, maybe it was a shadow self. I mean, that's it can be interpreted so many different ways, yeah. right? Um, yeah, no, I, I, dreams can be, and you, and now I've have found, um, if I have a read, let's say I have a reading tomorrow for someone, the dream will be for them. Right. So I've figured that out as well. Your dreams aren't necessarily for you. No, it's kind of intertwined. There'll be a little bit of mine in there, but then, you know, when I'm talking to the client and I'll say, you have a four level split and there's a plant in the, this corner and she's like, that's my house. And I'm like... Well, I've been there apparently. Yeah. So. And that's just from a dream or wherever. Just knowing that I have her, a reading for her the next day, it's kind of imprinted okay. in my consciousness. Yeah. So. What do you believe in as far as past lives? Is Do you believe in people have had past lives? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Big time. And a lot of... You know, they always say karma. Well, I, I don't believe in, you know, good or bad. I don't like using that either or. Karma is karma, and it's usually um, due to past lives, meaning you didn't learn what you came here to learn on okay. Earth. Okay. So you're going to come back, maybe not as a female or a male, maybe even an animal, and you have to learn that lesson again is until that, you figure it out. Is that a Buddhist... Um belief i believe so yeah yeah i'm not really strong i had a friend that was a Hare krishna uh, which i think is similar I, I, this baby is very ignorant to say it i shouldn't be i think it's very similar to buddhism yes um but he never talked about uh past lives or or karmas or anything like that so excuse me um so can you can you see that in people past lives yeah, it depends on the person and who's coming through. Like I've had, you know, we're talking great, great, great grandma coming through, talking about working on the farm and, you know, trying to, I, I think I've gone back as far as 1700s, even for myself. Yeah. Um, but I just find it really interesting. But um, again, it depends on who comes through and I don't pick who come who comes through. Right. Um, it's very random. Um, unless they ask for someone very specific, then that's all I'm going to get the information for. Okay. But let's say, like, again, Uncle Joe, he wants everyone to know that he's there. He's going to kind of push everybody out of the way until he gets his message out. Yeah. And then maybe um, uh, Grandma would show up. That's who we wanted to show up. We'll come after, and that's usually how it goes. And and same with pets. Um, a lot of times I see pets at your feet or on your lap. Yeah. Um, children will be on your lap. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's all about placement. So when I look at you, um, your dad's side would be here, your mom's side. It's all about placement. And I have to make rules with spirit. I ask them. I say, okay, the, these are the rules. Dad shows up. Dad's side shows up here. Yep. Mom's side shows up here. If it's a spouse, they have their hands on your shoulders. Yep. It's all about placement. Okay. So I'm not going, oh, I think that's Uncle Joe from your mom's side. Oh, and they'd be like, no, that's not right because it's actually the other way around. Okay. So, and I also tell spirit, um, don't wake me up. You're not allowed in my bedroom. Yeah. You have to make rules and you have to invite them in. Yeah. If you don't ask them to come, they're not going to show up. So why do you think most people are not able to do this? One, they don't believe. Yeah. You have to you have to believe or at least be curious. Number two, you need the meditation piece again, mm-hmm. quieting the mind. Um lots of practice. A lot of people don't I mean it's like a diet or anything else. It's it's practice and right. you have to keep practicing and repeating it. Um, and to know that, you know, you've always been into, we're all intuitive. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Your son is. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) But a lot of times we don't listen. We don't just, um, you know, sit with ourselves long enough to listen and ask, okay, um, I'm getting, you know, I keep getting repeating numbers that that's my sign for, you know, pay attention or things are syncing up like synchronicity um some people get coins some people get feathers um from the other side some people get songs so are these physical or are these um something you're thinking about or something you're dreaming about (sighs) many times it's physical really like actual coins showing up somewhere yeah i have one client particular that the dime keeps being put on the dresser Mm -hmm. and she's like she puts it away, and then it shows up again. And what does it mean? Do you know what it she, means? It's just it's a sign from her husband that he's there, yeah, and he loves her, and he's around, and not to be scared, yeah, because you know that that's what they do. They they jump basically jump up and down and scream if they could, but you can't hear them. Right. Most people cannot. So it's a learned skill then. Like if you, it is, yeah, it is, and a lot of practice and. Um, like I said, a very random, like I had one client, uh, I was at a psychic fair two weekends ago and I'm sitting in front of her and her mom is saying something to me and I didn't want to tell her. Okay. It was, it made me start to cry Yeah. because she basically said, I didn't want you. Oh wow. And I had to tell her, but she, but when I told the client, she already knew that in yeah. her soul. She always felt that off her mom. Really? That's sad. It is very sad. Um, and not, I, not everything I do is of love and light and is all rainbows and sparkles, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. I cry. I have a lot of heartache. There's stuff that sits with me. Um, that's why I cut cords after. Mm-hmm. And I do ascending away prayer. Yeah. Because I don't want that energy to linger with me because it can take you down. Well, especially if you come from a history of anxiety and depression that, you know, it's like me with my negative friend that it's got to be in a limited amount Mm -hmm. um, because that that kind of negativity, it it just starts 
I don't know, it's like filling a backpack and you just, you can feel it just weighing you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you were talking about ego earlier because it's one thing our pastor is talking to us a lot about as of recently and then how do we keep our ego in check and think about the greater good and, and all that kind of stuff. So what do you see with either the spirits or re- real people and how their egos are, are working in their, in their lives? I, well, I gave a, uh, my first speech a couple days ago and I talked a lot about ego and how we're in spiritual poverty Many of us, we operate from our lower three chakras. So the solar plexus, the sacral, and the root chakra. And the root chakra is tied to money. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are all about materialism. Mm-hmm. I know that the tide is turning. There's a lot of spirituality coming up. And a lot of people are becoming awake or conscious or light or divine or dharma or however you want to, you know, yeah. label. I don't want to put labels on people, but how, whatever you believe in. Um, so, you know, money, sex, power. Right. (laughs) That's what the the three main issues with the ego are. Totally. And I always, (coughs) I always try and lead with my heart. Yeah. Because it can't go wrong. Right. Never. If, if you start with your heart, heart, they always say heart overhead, right? Or they say mind over matter, but... No, no, no. Then you're getting the ego in there. That's the problem. And I love what Wayne Dyer says. And I have this mantra plastered everywhere. But um, you either you, you can either be uh, a host to God yeah. or a hostage to ego. Right. I, I completely agree. I um, it's it's what our pastor is talking about. He calls it um, untying ourselves or untwisting ourselves. Is that we get so wrapped up in the us mm-hmm. that we're not open. He tells a story, um, and actually Jamie uh, Pruden, that was on here, told this very similar story. So the pastor told one about his dad, where when his dad was about five or six years old, um, he got injured in school. He The school was under, they actually were getting um, indoor toilets. So the, the construction guys were working there, and he fell on a board with a nail, and it, and it went into his hip. Oh. And when he got off the nail, he was bleeding quite profusely, went to the teacher and the teacher berated him in front of everybody Mm -hmm. for falling and so in his mind he went I am not showing emotion anymore because it just looks silly like he was five or six years old he was very upset he was bleeding everywhere and he got in trouble for it so in his mind he's like yep not doing that anymore and so the pastor says how long did it take you uh said to his mom how long did it take you to unwind dad from that and Jamie's story was very similar where he gave a, a gift to a teacher. It was a tracing, but he called it a drawing, and she made fun of him in front of the class. And so he didn't want to show anybody his drawings because it just automatically thought this was going to be a bad feeling. And so much of our ego revolves around all these things that happened to us as a kid, and how do we unwind our ego to let that stuff go because that's not what God has for us, right? We're not meant to hold our art back. We're not meant to hold our feelings back. We're, we're meant to be emotional beings where we can share and be helpful. And all those little hurts that we had throughout our lives are controlling who we are now as adults. And so he's talking about how do we unwind? How do we untwist all that stuff and, and just get it out there? Oh, exactly. We're, we're told to stuff our emotions or, you know, when you're growing up, you're too sensitive. You're such a crybaby, especially for men. Yeah. yeah. I, I had this discussion with my boyfriend the other day and he, he actually told me he was told not to cry, he, that it, it was weak. Yeah. 
And that's actually a shame trigger for men is weakness. Right. Shame trigger for women is body image. Yeah. I just find that really interesting. <clears throat> it, it makes a lot of sense, uh, mm. especially in our society. I, Eric, our producer, my son, um, after Jamie left that night, uh, we were just talking about how the podcast went, kind of like doing our, you know, our day end report. And I'm like, how hard was that to listen to? And he's like, I know, I was almost crying. I'm like, me too. <laughs> but we didn't. That's the thing. We held it back, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just openly tear up and cry at this super, super, Sad, sad moment in this guy's life, right? And it was like every he read that uh, um, poem or that that yeah, mm-hmm. and it was heartbreaking. I could cry at a drop of a dime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and that's it, just who I am. I've always wore my heart on my sleeve, and my youngest son, same way. He's yeah. we're. Oh, sorry, a little closer to the mic. A little closer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <There> Oops. <we go>. <laughs> <laughs> I keep turning my head away because I'm sniffling and uh, <laughs> I feel bad in the mic the whole time. Um, yeah, you know what? It's it's important that, I don't know, I think I still struggle with the outwardly showing emotion other than anger. That's really easy to show and frustration. That's really easy to show. But to, I'm really big on talking about why you're angry or why you're sad or like that's that's what I'm trying to get everyone in our household to think about is that, you know, well, yeah, I get you're frustrated, but why? Because mm. everyone in the house is frustrated now and we should be able to know a reason why. Like what happened at school, what happened at work, what happened on your drive home that led you to this moment? Because if you're not aware of why you feel a certain way, then you're doomed to repeat that in not a positive way. No, and then just unleashing on people when you should be unleashing that emotion. Right. Yeah, figuring out where it comes from and why, and then letting it go. Right. Releasing it instead of holding on to it. Um, Brené Brown talks all about being vulnerable, like vulnerability is a huge bridging you know, mechanism between people. And I feel like we've lost, we've lost connections. Right. Um, I can't agree more. And every thing that I've done in my community is about trying to build a relationship or a friendship or something that's a little bit different where there's, um, you know, when I did martial arts and I said the gratitude thing, we also had a time at the end where we just sit and talk and I had guys going through divorce and, you know, I'd get them to talk about their divorce or they're exhausted physically. They're maybe even a little bit beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very vulnerable at that point. They can't hold emotion back. And so I'd say, Hey, how's it going with your uh, wife or with your ex? And then you would just see them unload what was going on. And I knew there was a value in doing that. And I get it through, you know, hard physical exercise or by fighting or by sparring, you know, whatever that man thing is I need to do, that's my release. But I also like to hear and and see why people feel the way they feel. Because I didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up with someone. They're, they're always like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Is it wrong? <laughs> like that that was a thing. And, and I'm still guilty of doing that. Just saying, you know, what, what? why are you acting this way? What's wrong with you? Instead of saying, oh, what's really going on or trying to I don't know how to dig deep enough into Mm -hmm. that. Like just to investigate because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right. And the more you practice it, it becomes natural. It's really easy with my household. But outside that household is where it's harder, but it's it's as important there as it is inside my household, I think. Mm, and I think that's a great gift that you're, you know, you're honoring men that way that they have a safe space. I, I think that's 
that's amazing. Yeah. Because I don't know the exact numbers, but um, suicide for men is triple <clears throat> to women, is it yeah. not? Yeah. So Death at work, uh, suicide and depression are way higher for men than they are for women. Um, you know, they talk about, I don't want to get into the pay gap. Um, mm. debate, yes. but th- we typically take jobs where we put our lives on the line a lot more, right? You're l- more likely to die on a construction site than you are in an office job or as a nursing job or as a teaching job, right? Um, except for maybe in the States. Teaching's pretty dangerous down <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a bad joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, so our, our rates, and I think a big portion of this, I'm tr- I want to call it the man show. It's not the man show. There's a, it'll come to me, something Doherty. Um, shoot, can't remember it. It's a great podcast and it's a group of men where this is what they focus on. So the podcast talks about, you know, they bring all these great uh, masculine, not masculine, uh, male leaders in to talk about these things. Like how do you talk about whether you had a good poop or not? Because no one wants to talk about if you're pooping good or not. And it's super, super important, right? <laughs> how do you talk about um, when you're mad at your wife? Like, do you go and just bitch to your friends about uh, who your wife is? Or do you say, listen, this is what's going on in my household. How do I solve this problem? Because if you're having a couple of beers and complaining about your wife and you don't have good friends, they're all like, yeah, that stupid bitch. Right? And that's feeding into it wrong too, right? Where, you know, today I had a, I said I was out in Rimby with a friend and we did a, basically four hours driving today and we just talked about our families and sometimes it was like yeah you might want to talk to your wife or your kid about this or whatever and other times it was like no dude you're being stupid don't 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 be mad about that that's all you nothing to do with your wife but we're honest enough to be able to share that information Hmm. this is so where i'm trying to put the two together between you know um being a medium or spiritual medium um and tying these things together because i think so much of what you do is intuition and Mm -hmm. now please correct me if i'm wrong that if you are focused on your feelings you're focused on your emotion um you can feel that of other people and that's sort of what I think about when I think about mediums and, and people that call themselves intuitive or spiritual, is that they're just more aware of the way people are feeling. Is that a correct way of thinking about it? Yeah, that's highly, highly accurate. That's the first thing I, I notice. Even if I'm not in the same room with you, I can feel what's going on Yeah. with you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Um, so the feeling, and then, uh, then I get, you know, visions, like seeing things, um, pictures, whatever it happens to be. And then I, I hear things, I start hearing things either, you know, from, um, the person, the person I'm reading or from their, you know, their spirit guides, their angels, or their ancestors, loved ones that have crossed over. Yeah. It's just, I, I always have to ask, like, who is this? And please show me where you are. Like, are you on the dad's side? Are you on the mom's side? Or are you, is this coming from, is this a spirit guide? If you're a spirit guide, let me know, male, female. And a lot of them want names, and a lot of times you don't get a name. Right. So you can just give them a name. Yeah. If you like Mary, then she's Mary. Right. So obviously this is a different realm that the spirits are in, right? It's not the same realm as us. Otherwise, you know, we would all be able to see it kind of thing, right? Now, how do you feel about or what do you think about um, like dimethyltryptamine, ayahuasca that take you into a different realm? Have you looked at that or studied or 
have an opinion on that? Uh, you know what? I have not looked at it, so okay. I have no opinion. Okay, that's fine. I um, yeah, we'll we'll leave that alone. Okay, no worries. <laughs> I, I know a fair amount about it because I listen to a lot about it from a, a Christian standpoint. There, there's a lot. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Here I am going to talk about it. Go ahead. <laughs> there's a lot uh, based around dimethyltryptamine, which is produced by our pineal gland. Um, they believe that you get a flood, a flood of it in your death experiences that take you to another place. It feels like, you know, you're in the operating room looking down on yourself mm. or you're in amongst the spirits or amongst God. They call it the God, God drug. Um, the story of Moses in the burning bush. Um, they believe that it was the acacia bush. This is the bush with the highest levels of DMT. So if there was a burning bush filled with DMT, he was very much in a different realm um, uh, as a natural um look at how that situation or that story went down. Mm-hmm. That uh, we know what happens um, uh, when you smoke DMT and where you go. And so it is a different realm. When we go to sleep, it's a different realm. When we dream, it's a different realm. We're always in a different area. When you're on a narcotic or um, an alcohol or any kind of drug, you're in a different place, right? True. That's why when two people drink, if one has had four more drinks than the other one, they're not in the same realm anymore, right? Or when one person's drunk and one person's sober, it's a little bit annoying. Yes, it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> that we're, we end up in these different realms. And I think that's true of probably emotional realms as well, right? When you're at a high state of emotion, whether that's anger or depression or anxiety or uh, even happiness. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to be around someone that is extra perky. <laughs> totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. It's like, like you're not on the same wavelength. Right, right. Right. Or, you know, when you say I feel that person's vibe and it could be good, it could be not so good. Yeah. So that's learning to trust your intuition your gut you're feeling something off this person right you're not sure what and i always tell people you don't have to hang out with that person even if it's family or friends and being an empath you attract narcissists okay and that's a whole nother that is because we're people pleasers we like to help all the time we're always giving we're always of service we wear our heart on our sleeves. Um, we always want to help. And narcissists, very charming. Yeah. They want, they, you know, they come across, they want to be your best friend until you piss them off or yeah. upset them or don't give them what they want. And then they get their hooks in you, hooks, and then <laughs> <laughs> you you feel drained right. after. That's that feeling. Yeah. You ever feel, even if it's around family, family can be narcissistic too. Yeah. So I guess just being aware of other people's energy yeah, they're, and they're excusing mani- yourself as well. They're manipulators as well. Oh, big right? time. Yeah. Me and my wife are both manipulators. And we figured out very early on, I'm like, because I, I know I'm a manipulator and it works very well in business and in sales and, you know, uh, guiding young men at work and mm-hmm. that. It works. There's there's a way to manipulate situations. Manipulation isn't all bad, um, but most of the time when people are manipulators, it's for their own good. <laughs> of course. And so me and my wife kind of had that battle. Like I'm like, why are you trying to manipulate me into doing this? And then she's like, well, why are you trying to manipulate? So we both understood that we were doing it. And like, how about we just make a deal that we're not going to do that to each other? And she's like, yeah, okay. And yeah. so that was the there end. you go. <laughs> yeah. But we both recognized it very, very early on that, that that's who we were um, early in our marriage, not early as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 
and then I, I would take it a step further and say one in 25 are psychopaths. Oh, I think it's, um, oh, I would have said lower than it's, that. That's, that's a high number. Seven billion people on the planet, and you think there's two billion psychopaths? <clears throat> really? I do. Actually, I follow Dr. Christine Northrup, and she does, she's a leader in hormone health, and, um, she taught, and she's an empath herself, so she's done a ton of research yeah. on it. So she just said in a city uh, the size of New York, there's 100,000. I know. And when I heard it, too, I'm like... How does she decide, uh, define psychopath? Because we have the, the horror movie definition in our head yeah, right now. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I think she's it's her um, narcissistic. She's... It's that line that you cross. You okay. can be a narcissist, but then you take it one step further where you're inflicting pain. And, and it's it's not that far from the edge, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You can go one way or the other. Sorry, right, face these in. Bless you. Well, thanks for putting on that on camera, buddy. <laughs> oh, that was sweet. Can you grab me some Kleenexes out of the living room? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank you. I know it was on purpose. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, the beer probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so t- one in twenty-five. That is uh, that is a lot. Thank you. You can take the camera off me now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit scary to think it's one twenty-five. I think the statistics that I read was about 1% of the population. 1%. So yeah. you're about 7 million people in the world are um, are technical psychopaths. They're, mm-hmm. they're typically uh, CEOs of large companies. I mean, there's definitely the, you know, the Jeffrey Dahmers and the, um, I can't think of any of the other ones. Clifford Olson from yeah. BC. And mm-hmm. those are those are the psychopaths that people are thinking about. But they're not all murderers. They're not all killers. No, no. They just have a, a complete lack of empathy. Yes. that And that's where she gets her most of her, yeah. um, that research from. So Yeah. You just pulled out some notes. Oh, yeah, well, that was just from my speech. But okay. I, I'm not, I just thought i'd look at it but i mean i don't really need to go over anything cool it's really mainly just about gratitude and how intuition saved my life and that's what my speech is about so that's beautiful i think intuition will save most people's lives yes do you know that there's a study out uh talking about women on birth control and Mm -hmm. they they lack the ability to be able to uh, smell the pheromones anymore. So women that are on birth control have a tough time finding their proper mate because they're lacking that ability. And so there's scientific studies around that that it's not a good idea for women to be on birth control for long periods of time, especially if they're not in a relationship because they mm-hmm. lack that ability to know if this is the right partner for them. This is why we have pheromones and hormones and all this is to help us guide us in that journey of finding the perfect mate. And women get blinded when they're on birth control um, from being able to mm-hmm. to deal with that stuff. Um, that's scary to think. That is. I've never heard of that. But, uh, you know, now I think about it, it does make sense. Yeah. The, 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 as birth control came in, our numbers of divorce shortly after started skyrocketing around. I think in, in North America, it's somewhere around 50%, maybe a little bit higher in the U.S. than it is in Canada. But, hmm. like half the people getting married if if this was a business or this was vegas you wouldn't be betting on it (laughs) 
True enough. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I would be silly not to ask mm-hmm. if you got uh, any thoughts or feelings about me and my household, if you got any <laughs> uh, um, spiritual guidance on us. Um, well, I do. Some Every medium is different. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Tyler Henry or the Long Island medium. Or the Long Island medium I am. Okay. Well, she's been doing it for a long time, just like my mentor, where she can walk into a room and she's like, boom, 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 boom. You know, messages yeah. are just because she's done it so much. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I kind of started um, auto-write. So um, I'll tune in to you through a series of prayers and such. And then I just start writing what comes to me. So the first thing I wrote down was spiritual. Like, there's your name. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of scribbling. This is from other people. And when I do my YouTube videos and and your weekly guidance and all that stuff, this is what that's for. But um, I wrote down spiritual, curious, and then I wrote down scared, and then I wrote down fear. Okay. And I mean, that's natural. Yeah. The unknown, right? Just, you know, just like for me, when I did my first speech the other night, I uh, there was fear in there. Yeah. Of course. Fear of... It's but, a great gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It can serve you, but it can also paralyze you and take you down. Yep. And I, I like the analogy, false evidence appearing real for fear. Yeah. Um. And well, and, and I feel that's why you started that podcast because you're you're very curious about everything and yeah. you want to know everything. Yeah, you're like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also felt a male presence stepping forward, and to me, it felt like a grandfather. Okay. And then I was given the word military. Okay. Is there anyone in the family that was in the military? No one directly. I had. Uh, uh, um, uncles that skipped out of the military. Skipped out. Yeah, that okay. uh, one story in particular. Most, I'm. Both my parents are the youngest in their families, or near the youngest in their families, and uh, so a lot of the um, the generations prior to us were old or dead before I was even born. So, okay, uh, my dad's seventh of ten. Um, so three from the bottom, my mom's the youngest by her next siblings, nine years older than her. So, okay. um, a lot of those family members, I only know stories I've never met. Okay. So the, uh, the story about the only uncle I know that was in the military had gone AWOL. And so they put him on the front line. He had a finger blown off. That that's about all okay. I know about it. All right. Well, I mean, I don't even know how far back this goes, but it, it, I just saw a lot of military green and then you know i was given grunt like this whoever this was was a grunt mm-hmm. so isn't that army typically I when you're know. called grunts i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> then i was shown a mustache like yeah. quite the fabulous mustache so to me that's like hundreds of years ago when they used to have those fancy yeah the big old wax yes. uh, cool pieces yeah yeah so we're going back and then i was shown bagpipes who liked it? Is, is there anybody that played bagpipes? Of Scottish descent, so I'm okay. sure there was someone back there. Most of my family was was uh, uh, we just did the ancestry.ca. Oh, did you? Um, so I know my roots back as far as like 1600. Okay. Something. And that's what it felt like to me with the mustache. I mean, that makes yeah. sense because when I look at the the uniform, it's not from 
Yeah. Not from this century and not from the, the one before, like way back. Yeah. And again, I'm tuning in after, well, I've been bombarded by <coughs> crowds in the mall. Like I'm not going to discount anything, but it took a lot for me to, and even driving for me is difficult as a medium. Yeah. Because I'm getting all this stuff. I get I get anxiety when I drive, yeah. just so you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mentor does not drive anymore. Wow. Because she's done so many readings that even when she's driving, she's picking stuff up. Yeah. And it just makes her... That can her... be very dangerous. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, so after I do a lot of grounding and such, that's what, in my car. <laughs> I'm doing it on the fly because <laughs> I felt, you know, maybe I should give you some messages. Yeah. If I'm going to say I'm a medium, I'm going to show you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you some stuff. Well, that's why I thought it'd be silly not to ask. Yeah. And I kind of figured that. So... Um, yeah, so bagpipes, Scottish descent. All right, that's good. And it was a very distinct walk. And for me, it almost felt, and I don't want to, you know, like, you know how they do the high step? Is it the Russians or the Chinese or even the Russians Germans? Russians and Germans would do a high step, yeah. And that's what he showed me. Yeah. That's how they like to walk huh. or when they were marching. Yeah. That's what I was shown. So I write that down. Yeah. Um, very stern, proper. I'll stop you for one sure. second there. My, um, my mom used to say I was of strong German descent and according to ancestry, that's not true. And I did write down German, yeah. German descent, but it was a question mark. So yeah. I wasn't completely sure. Yeah. That's very interesting. We have a German, uh, last name in our heritage, but okay. no one actually from Germany mm. in my, so far in my line. And then that changes, right? Yeah. Um, so at ancestry.ca, when I first did it, I was like 84% English. And then a few months later, they're like, oh, you're 4% Iberian and you're this. And, you know, they, it, as they get more information, they can track that line and they can grow your ancestry all the way back to like being a Neanderthal, basically. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'd like <clears throat> to have that done because there's a lot of questions in bucks, my family. Spit in a jar. You'll okay. know what's going on. A lot of the, the stories that I got from my family are not ringing true so far. Okay. They, they were stories passed down. And of course, people elaborate yes. and, and they have bad memories. Broken and, telephone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so you end up not getting uh, very good stories from your family line. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, the, uh, definitely of, of Scottish descent mostly. We had a large set of family go over to uh, Australia, I think in like 1825 or 1790s, somewhere okay. in that area. Wow. And then whatever family went over there just died. They didn't. It, it didn't grow. Hmm. Um, but then the family that landed in new um, Scotland, Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. we, we grew up from there all the okay. way down into the States and into Canada. Wow. Wow. Um, and then I was shown a cross. Yep. Obviously, it's related to... Christianity. Yes, the religion. Um, but then I was also shown a purple cross. Okay. So somebody was... Yeah, this is relating back to you know the military, the military again, yeah. and then I wrote down who lives in jeans, who loves wearing blue jeans all the time. That's me. Okay, that would be blue you. Blue jeans or shorts. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm uh, very rarely in anything else. My kids won't even wear them. So 
<laughs> Funny. <Yeah. laughs> he likes the sweats or the track pants. That's it. That's kind of like my nephew. He's the same way. Yeah. Big soccer guy. Yeah. I'm super comfortable in jeans everywhere. Me too. Yeah. I hear you. And then I wrote down, who loves, does anybody love Neil Diamond? Just the one song. Um, what's this? Oh, I'm going to forget the words now. Isn't it unusual to be loved by anyone? Oh, isn't that Tom Jones? <clears throat> oh, then no one that likes Neil Diamond. That is Tom Jones. <laughs> no one likes Neil Diamond. Well, somebody did. Yeah. I, that was very specific. And I, I mean, I heard him singing, so I know who, because okay. I was listening. It to wasn't just the radio? No. Okay. He wasn't on the radio <laughs> at that time. No. And that's the thing. I'll get random songs for people. Yeah. And I'll be like, that's a sign for you from grandma, auntie, mom, whoever, sister. When that song comes on, that's for you. That's very specific. Um, so that's pretty much all I wrote down. I have a little bit of history with um, prophets, mediums, um, uh, fortune tellers uh, throughout my life. And I'll share a little bit of those. I think mm-hmm. I have on the podcast before. Um, let's start with the palm reading. So I had a lady um, in a bar. Um, it was a, a friend of a friend's wife. And they called her the dragon. Uh, because she would do palm reading and fortune telling and stuff like that. So I was probably about 22 years old, and she read my palm, and she had done a whole bunch of people, and they're all gasping and amazed. And, and, and I really think people have this ability, and I think some of it is general general. Alities. Thank yeah. you. Um, it didn't sound <laughs> right coming good. out of my mouth. Um, and then other, it's, there's more in-depth stuff, and what she was doing was quite impressive. So I was like, 23 or 24 or 25 and she does six or seven people and she comes around to do me and she's like oh I don't want to do this anymore and we're all had a few drinks and I'm like no it's okay you go ahead tell the tell the story she's like you don't have a very long lifeline like a really really short lifeline and I went oh so like what does that mean she goes like 35 40 maybe 45 like it's short <laughs> and i went oh okay and i sort of lived my life like i was gonna live it short i i you know partied a lot drank a lot womenized a lot i i had <laughs> a lot of fun as a youth and i don't know if it was based on that because it was sort of a family trait so maybe it was based on that whatever and then i had my wife uh, had my wife I met my wife <laughs> and had my kids, and uh, a bunch of people in my family had um, either suffered from or died from aneurysms, and we had a 13-year-old second cousin die of an aneurysm. And so I just thought, all these stories coming together, uh, oh, hang on, I'll back it up a little bit. So that lady did that, and it, it killed the party. No one's having fun anymore. Chad's <laughs> going to die. Um, and so everyone was not have very much fun. And then I moved to Calgary. I met my wife, and we're at another party. And there's this girl named Destiny, and her, um, I wish I could remember her sister's name because she's a prominent uh, palm reader here in, in Calgary. But Destiny, her sister, was also okay at it, I guess. Um, and I don't know what one got an A, one got a C. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, she's doing this at a party and, and telling us stuff about people that no one would know. It was very impressive. And uh, that she comes to me and she says, I think I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, oh, I already know. Um, I had a palm reader at this age tell me I was good. She goes, yeah, this doesn't look good at all. Like, you just have no lifeline. You're going to die early. It's going to be of some kind of head trauma, all this kind of stuff. And I went, oh, okay. So then my daughter was born. My uh, cousin's daughter died of an aneurysm. I was talking to my family. We were at the funeral. It turns out aneurysms are very common in our family. I've had like five aunts have them and a couple uncles die and blah, blah, blah. 
well, let's go to the doctor. So I go to my doctor here in town and I tell her, I tell her the whole story. I'm just honest. And I said, listen, cousin died, runs in the family. I'd like to have my brain checked. Can you do that? She goes, yeah, sure enough. Sends me off for a CT scan. And like hours later, I get a phone call. Um, Chad, we found something. Can you come and talk to us? We need to do uh, MRI. I'm like, yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. freaking out by this point because they, they don't tell you exactly what it is. So I go in and they find a golf ball size piece of my brain that has no blood flow in it, meaning that it's dead. Did you just yelp? Oh, <laughs> and uh, so like we got to send you for an MRI and find out what it is because on the CT scan, I guess they don't see very much. So go do the MRI and of course they make you wait like three or four weeks. So you're in sheer panic. Oh, you got a brand new baby in the house and, you know, newly married. We just bought this house. And anyways, get it all done. My, my doctor calls me and she brings me into the office to talk to me. And she goes, yeah, it's nothing. It's just, it was a major head trauma. It was something. And you've got a piece of your brain that's no longer functioning. And so it's a dead part of my brain. And I tell my friends and they all make fun of me because they knew I was brain dead. Yeah, it's the part that shuts <laughs> me up, that, that broke. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, um, that was one of the things that happened to me. And, and I get life uh, situations change and your thought process and what you believe and all that, and that can change your stuff. But anyway, according to two people, I should be dead prior to now. I'm 46 or 47. Eric? Why do you not know your own age? I don't know. You forget <laughs> after a certain amount of time. I think I'm 47. I'm 46? You're All right. Thank you. I'm 46. Um, so I've lasted past what both of them thought because they mm-hmm. said for sure not past 45. And so I should call them. I should go say, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on palm readers and that kind of stuff? Hey, everybody has a gift. We all have gifts. Yeah. And you can, you know, develop a niche and, you know, just, yeah, everybody does different things. And So no sign of death in my future according to what? You know what? I I don't like to make those predictions. I really don't. I'll just say, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things happening with you physically, mentally. You should do, you maybe try and do this and do that and, you know, give you some ideas. But I would never say you're going to die at this age. Yeah. That's just my, that's me. Yeah. Um, Do you get messages like that, though? mm, No. Okay. No. And you have free will. Yeah. So if I tell you something, you'll be like... And do the opposite. Right. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure that's what these palm raiders said. Well, we told you, and so we changed the direction of your course because we told you. Um, well, I don't know. Did that scare you into changing, or was that always in the back of your mind? So you, obviously things changed when you met your wife, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's... I think prior to that, I lived my life like I was going to die. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And then when I met my wife, I'm like, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die that soon. Yes. Um, I'm okay with dying. Just uh, I had a brand new baby in the house and it seemed like I needed you to You had be something to live for. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <clears throat> and then the other thing that, and I don't know what this is. Um, our house, we weren't able to run uh, wireless baby monitors. They didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. We have a police officer across the street and we have a pilot that's got a big antenna on his house. And so I don't know if there's something going on with that. Either way, we couldn't get. I bought like a $600 baby monitor. Wouldn't work. It was crazy. But being new parents, we wanted to be able to monitor our our baby. Mm -hmm. And so I went down to Spy City, and I bought infrared cameras, and I hooked them up to my TV. And so it's all wired in. Nothing can be done. 
But my daughter used to get up in the middle of the night, and she would stand up in her bed, and as soon as we saw a motion on the TV, new parents, blink, wide awake. <laughs> yep. And we would watch her stand up in her crib at a year and a half, two years old, and talk to something in the room, mm. nonstop, okay. for about an hour. Um, and then she would just lay down. She wasn't afraid, but she would like literally follow something throughout the room and be, mm. you know, jabbering like babies do in the pitch dark. Um, and then she would just eventually then lay down and go to sleep. Hmm. And so we don't know what that is. If it was just a sleepless baby, if she was actually seeing something, talking to something. Oh, children and animals are the biggest um, antennas for spirit. They, you know, because they're... Uh, they they don't have any underlying beliefs or any ego. Nothing's developed fully, so they see spirit. They see light. Yeah, and and they're not afraid. Yeah, you were saying earlier, talking about being afraid. That I asked about kind of negative or evil spirits, and mm-hmm. you say you don't really see those. Is that like something that? You're purposely trying to avoid because if there's good, there has to be evil in my mind. Not avoid. I just I try to keep everything light. Okay. So no dark enters, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, of course, if you're stuck in a negativity or you're around someone who's negative all the time, you're gonna feel like there's a negative entity in the home. You can't attract that. Yeah. But it's it again. It's energy. Yeah. You can you can shift that energy as well. Yeah. So it's not attracted to you. It'll move on, right? Right. Um, I do um, house clearings as well, and that's all about moving the energy. I'll use Reiki and smudging, like with sage or Palo Santo or some type of incense, and I do prayers throughout the house just to clear that energy out because. And even just moving furniture around, um, having certain colors, like the feng shui aspect, I work with that as well. Yeah. Because I believe everything is energy, you know? Yeah. Obviously. We, we know that yeah. everything is built out of energy, yeah. Um, so what do, you, what do you see with people when you work with them? Like, what's the kind of results that you're getting? And that sounds like a horrible word to use for this, but I don't know any other word. Well, my specialty is... Uh, Reiki rescue reading. And I look at you at a 360 degree level. So I'm going to tell you what I see emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. I go through your chakras. It's all good. Me, I'm talking with my hands. You think I was (laughs) Italian or something. Anyways, I'm not. Um, But I have uh, uh, Italian in-laws. But uh, yeah, it's uh, just going through all of that. And while I'm going through, I'm moving, you know, energy, like stuck, stagnant energy that's through your chakras, moving that out. Um, And a lot of times, you know, people always say that just being around me or after a reading, they feel like I've taken a weight off their shoulders. Their mind is more clear. Um, They feel, they just feel like, I've, I've, I don't know. It's like a sense of relief, I guess. Yeah. Um, some cry. Um, some are just, you know, they just feel good. They're like, okay, my mind. I feel like I can do this. Right. You've given me some action steps, so I basically give them a start to their healing journey. It almost sounds more like a life coach job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, I, I do call myself an intuitive coach. So. Yeah. An energy healer, and I'm an empath supporter. Yeah. 
So, so anyone that's extra empathetic, you're supporting them as much as you can because you know the downfalls of, of being an empath. I do. And yeah. I also, I had major surgery six weeks ago. I was not allowed to have a bath. Mm. And empaths and water are like this. Why is that? Because it's very grounding and it's cleansing. Okay. So I tell everyone to have an Epsom salt bath if they can't get near a body of water. Yep. That's the best way to get them reset. Like if they're feeling like crap or something and they're just feeling crazy. Yeah. I, I don't like using that word, but <laughs> it, I do. Like Definitely you get on, feel crazy. You get on the crazy train yeah. and you can't get off. Right. So go have a bath. Yeah. My wife bath loss, so maybe we put her on the crazy train too often. <laughs> Eric, stop laughing. <laughs> hey, I, I know I, w- I had two two boys and I was a single parent, so <laughs> yeah. How old are had, your kids? Uh, twenty six and almost twenty one. Oh, there you go. They're yeah. they're adults. They're now, adults. So, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, and you were talking about uh, um, the healing part. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it crystal healing or stone healing? No, I just go through your chakras. So, okay. I mean, I thought I saw you with a handful of stones when you came in. I do. I well, I just keep me grounded and okay. centered. They're just tied to my chakras. Yeah. Um, but the Reiki part is I can do distance healing. You don't have to be in the same room. I can send it to you as long as you're open and you have I, you know, I have your permission. Right. Um, my boyfriend gets the benefit of, you know, cuz he'll come home from work and I can f- we call it juju. <laughs> can feel all that juju off of him. And yeah. yeah, I leave him alone for a little bit. But then when he's, you know, after dinner and he's sitting there, I just give him a little bit on his arm. Yeah. I mean, we're what all, do, what we're do you all mean, energy. Give, what do you mean give a little bit on his arm? It's, I, I yeah, basically, um, he's the lamp and I'm the plug. Okay. If that, that's how I, I get people to look at it. Yeah. So... The energy is passing through me, through him, and it basically, I, I like to give it back to Mother Earth. Yeah. Because a lot of energy gets stuck to us, and if we can move that through yeah. and out. Yeah. I, uh, I actually have a story based around that. So I wasn't a firm believer in this at all. The, okay. The whole grounding thing yes. and, and how Earth is here for our benefits. And as you dig deeper in the Bible, you realize that, you know, there's scriptures that talk about us having dominion. And a lot of people think that's like a dominant thing, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. it, everything on this planet is for us is the way I... Um, I've read or have it interpreted. Mm-hmm. So anyways, right around the time... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was going to ask a few minutes ago, and I didn't want to cut you off. It's all good. Yep. So when, um, I think shortly after Eric was born, mm, no, it was before Ava was born. Uh, So we had uh, just gotten married, just bought a house, just uh, started a business, and we had a baby on the way. And I have a chiropractor who's a very good friend of mine, and uh, he he's a uh, big shout-out, Dr. James, Adjust Your Health. Might as well get it in there. Um, <laughs> he literally saved my life um, by getting rid of pain in my body through chiropractic and ART and that. So anyways, I trust him wholeheartedly with everything with our family. I'd gone into him one day because my back felt like it was in spasm. I could feel this deep vibration um, where it's like the muscles are getting ready to like, and I used to have this where I would get into a, that old man position, you know, kind of butt out, leaning forward, couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt this coming on. So I'm like, James, I got to come see you. And he's like, yeah, come on in. I get on the table. He's like, 
Chad, there's nothing wrong with your back. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, like, don't mess around. This isn't funny. Like, I'm my back's about to go out. I can't not make my mortgage payments if I'm, or I can't make my mortgage payments if I'm not working. And so my stress levels were high. So he's like, I'm serious. There's nothing wrong with your back. I'm not adjusting you. I'm not giving you ART. Brings in a girl from, um, uh, she studied body talk and then something else. I know it had something to do with Eastern uh, medicine and chakras and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, she does this whole like feeling my aura, my chakras, whatever it is. I honestly, I don't know. And she's like, oh, you're just stressed out. I'm like, I don't get stressed out. I can't be stressed out. New dad, husband, all this. You got to power through everything, right? And uh, James says, no, 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 you have to listen to her. Like you, if she's saying you're stressed out, just figure it out. She's not lying. She's not making it up. You're stressed out. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, didn't you just get married? I'm like, yeah, didn't you just buy? Yeah. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, so yeah, that's great. I'm stressed out. What does that mean? Like people have stress in their lives. It's part of our lives. It's probably a good part of our lives if you know how to handle it. And she's like, well, you have to release it to the, to the earth or to the trees. And so I went outside. They have these huge uh, pine trees outside. Like they're good two and a half feet in diameter. And she's like, go outside, take your shirt off, lean up against the tree, and just breathe. Just fully and as naturally as you can. And it literally felt like my body was a jug pouring out negative energy. And then I had this realization, this is before we were even Christian, that, oh, there's more than what I know. This is sort of the start of I want to know, even mm-hmm. though I, I didn't know. <laughs> Way back when, where, um, and then throughout my life, I've met other people that, you know, talk about grounding and talking about using the earth as healing and like, oh, I have to vacation every year because if I don't get my feet in the sand or in the ocean or in the lake or in the river, then uh, I can't make it through the year kind of thing. And I used to think it was pretty hokey, but then I started understanding the benefits and reading a little bit about uh, grounding. So Eric got very sick probably two or three years ago, and it just wasn't going away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it was uh, when you had your stuff in the basement. Remember I set up the grounding mat for you? No one can hear you. We should have got your mic in place. I'll just tell the story. Um, he's getting his mic ready. So anyways, <laughs> he was literally sick for probably four or five months. Um, we just couldn't get rid of it. Um, talked to the doctors. Nothing nothing that they were saying was working. And so I started thinking about this grounding thing. And I'm like, what does this mean for releasing? I knew what the tree did for me. And so I literally set up a grounding mat at his uh, station where he played video games and did his coding and all that. That is not working, dude. There we oh, go. There we I go. turned you up. Do you remember me setting up the grounding mat? Yeah, it didn't seem to help, though. It did. Um, it didn't seem to. You, well, you weren't using it very much, and we noticed a difference. Uh, um, not right away. But, yeah, we, we started seeing it subside. You go to school more and then uh, getting out there. And literally, it was tin tape and a copper wire, and I grounded him to the house mm-hmm. on everything that he did. And uh, to me, it was working. Maybe he's got a different view of it. But his memory sucks. <laughs> now he's shaking his head at me. Uh, but yeah, there's, I think there's a lot to what the planet has to offer. And some people get very mystical about it. Um, and I think that maybe, what's the right word? Diverts people from the truth. You know, like when you get an over-preachy pastor, you're like, I'm not believing that guy. Even though what he's saying is probably true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that mysticism um, 
I don't want to say hokiness because some of it's hokey. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. And, and just make it simple for people. That's all. Right. Go hug a tree, literally. Yeah. <laughs> go walk barefoot on the ground. Right. Yeah. Go have a bath or go jump in the water. Put your feet in the in the dirt. In yeah. The grass. Grab some crystals or grab some driftwood and take it home with you. Any type of elements that are from the earth, bring it into your home. Yeah. Yeah. Is more natural, is better, it's cleaner. Yeah, plants. And that's <clears throat> another thing, right? I'm trying to remember the book. I think it's called The Way of Man. Mm-hmm. Um, this might not be the right book. But anyways, when this guy, the author, was little, he had a lot of First Nation friends. And so they were coming to school, but they were all barefoot. Um, it was very normal for the First Nations not to have shoes in the summertime. You know, there were their mucklucks or moccasins I guess I was mixing up the two different uh, types of people but they would wear those in the wintertime only mm-hmm. so this family liked this First Nations boy a lot and they decided to buy him a pair of shoes um, because the, the native kids would get made fun of in school and so he puts on the shoes he's very proud of them and the, the author goes back to the home uh, with this boy to tell the parents what they had done and when the native boy walked into the home the mother had said take those off they'll make Make you sick because he wasn't grounded anymore and they truly believed and there's some studies that show that when it was very very normal for kids to wear shoes every day that we started seeing an increase of disease mm-hmm. and that could be a million different things right there's more people on the planet maybe it's the shoes maybe it's not the shoes i like to believe that god created earth for us and that everything on here is for us and to be able to dig your feet in the sand and release whatever negative energy you mm-hmm. have is super beneficial. Yeah, I agree as well. I, if I could walk barefoot everywhere, I would. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> so is that part of your studies that you guys do is talking about like grounding and earth products? and? Oh, yeah. Lots, lots of grounding, lots of meditation. Um, just keep, you know, looking at other, you know, like uh, shamanic um, crystal hearing li- or healing light therapy. Whatever it is, go look at it. Go investigate and see if it's for you. Kundalini yoga is a different type of yoga. I mean, there's yep. lots of different um, healing modalities. I've had kinesiology. Yep. Um, uh, there's craniosacral therapy where they're working with the head. We've had that too. You've had that too. Okay. Yeah, I got a great story on that. I hear <laughs> I'm just, I invite you over and I'm going to tell you stories nonstop. Um, and here I told you I was skeptical and I'm backing up all your stories. Um, my daughter, when she was about four, we were wrestling in the basement and she was running and jumping on me and doing what you do. And, um, I had sort of got distracted, thought the game was over didn't realize she was still playing. She comes to run a jump on me, and I was laying on the ground right beside the coffee table, and I realized last second she was going headfirst into the coffee table, and I'm trying to spin over on the ground and get underneath her to catch her, and I didn't. And she takes the corner of the coffee table right in the face. Uh, we got pictures of it. Like, it swelled up. It was huge. But she cried a little bit. No um, evidence of a concussion. So we're like, she got her first black eye. Not the end of the world. Six weeks later, when the black eye goes away, she literally has a divot in her face. So there's this beautiful, perfect little girl, and now she's got a divot in her face because I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I literally took her up to Children's Hospital, get home from work. I, the one day it became very prominent. I took her up to Children's Hospital. I said, listen, this is what happened, fully expecting to get chucked in jail <laughs> or child abuse or whatever <laughs> it was. And... Um, 
But they bring in a plastic surgeon, like, oh, we could do uh, surgery. We'll cut her face open. And I'm like, oh, that's a really bad idea. Go back to see Dr. James, my chiropractor, and adjust your health. Shout out to adjust your health. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, he um, sends me to some, um, oh, what do I, how do I want to say it? Hokey, <laughs> spiritual type person, right? Mm-hmm. And I know this is a real science now. So she lays my daughter out on the massage bed and she's feeling all of her auras and her chakras and everything else. And, and uh, I don't know why I didn't get that deep into it. And uh, she does whatever she does. And I was at the point, if James hadn't recommended her, I would have scooped up my daughter and left and going, all right, you crazy old bag. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not dealing this. But anyway, she's like, okay, all done. All we need to do is a quick adjustment in her mouth and uh, it'll go away. And so she literally put on a pair of grape flavored rubber gloves, mm-hmm. did an adjustment on her palate inside of her mouth, then showed me how to do it. So she did one. I did one. The next morning I got up, I did another one. I got home for work that next night. I did another adjustment on her. The next morning she woke up perfectly fixed, never to show its face again. And that's craniosacral therapy. Mm-hmm. Right? Nice. Yeah. That's a great story. Have you heard of what else they do? Mm, no. So she was telling me after the fact, after we did the adjustment, that if they could find, I want to get this right, um, Cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. If they can catch it before, I think this is right. I hope I'm not. There's going to be a bunch of people screaming at me. Um, if they can diagnose it early enough, they can do therapies with them when they're babies and they won't have the side effects of cerebral palsy. Wow. Through cranial sacral therapy. And I mean, that's worth investigating. Right. That'd right? be amazing. I think as we start allowing science to do more with natural stuff, we'll start understanding a lot more than what we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a good friend, Deanne, um, and she owns uh, Your Holistic Earth. Mm. And she's creating a, like a directory of holistic practitioners okay. and a membership. And she's out of Edmonton, but... Uh, she, um, they had an award ceremony in Red Deer um, last week um, for, you know, Business from the Heart Awards. And she was talking about how much money is spent on alternative therapies, which honestly should be, you know, just... <laughs> therapy. Therapy. Right. But anyways, um, she, I believe it was $2.5 billion, And Oof. then she asked how much for pharmaceutical. Yeah. $256 billion. Yeah. Man, you still got a huge gap here. Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm trying to do as well, because I really believe in Reiki and the energy healing and the chakras and all that, is I think it's amazing that your chiropractor is so open to that. I'm trying to find someone in Edmonton Yeah. that will line up with, you know, we work together. Like if they can't figure it out, they'll send people <laughs> to see me. So that's what I'm looking for as well. I think that's amazing. Yeah. It needs to be more open-minded to that. And I know there's people out there that... Even though they believe in the science, there's also the energy aspect. I mean, Dr. Bruce Lipton, that's all he talks about. Yeah. Well, we're, we're all made of energy. Yeah. Right? So if you can figure out the way that energy flows or how it works, then, then you can know how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think we're getting there. You know, with the birth of AI, with, um, you know, there's a guy in, um, I want to say Russia. I'm pretty sure it's Russia. 
one of those multi-billionaire people lost his dad, felt really, really bad about it. So he's trying to figure out a way to download our consciousness into computers so that we can live forever. Or possibly um, when the bodies get good enough, then we can implement the consciousness back into a new body, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's uh, a robot or um, an AI, or I guess it wouldn't be artificial intelligent. It would be some kind of sentient being that we can put our consciousness into. So we don't have to lose people anymore. Mm, that would be yeah that'd be really interesting <laughs> i i don't know how i feel about it i don't know if it's even possible maybe he's just a crazy billionaire that's paying scientists a crap ton of money to figure out something that's never going to happen well he's dreaming and that's all that matters right yeah he's <laughs> moving if, if he doesn't figure out how to do that i'm sure there'll be some technological advances along the way that'll mm-hmm. be beneficial to somebody else definitely sort of how the human race works right yes yeah yeah, we're all here to do something special that no one else is here to do. Yeah. You believe that? I do. Okay. I um, I think that we all have the capability. I don't think most people believe that. Well, yeah, you got to have belief and intent and alignment. Like I've done an, a lot of, <laughs> you know how, um, I know there's positivity, but if you don't believe right. that thought... It's never going to happen. Right. So. Yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> How long is the course? Six months. Okay. I did mine in three because I like to push through things. You're super intense. I am super intense. And then sometimes I have to back off because it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm still a little like, is there a curriculum? Is there something set out? Or is it just like a coach that works with you? It's it's two part. It's coach. And then it is a curriculum. Okay. I had, there was in each, gosh, there was like six different parts. And then each part had 12 modules okay. of video or audio yeah. with PDF as well. So yeah. it was, like I said, all online. Yeah. And there were assignments with each one. And, um, then I was also given some of her special clients, like we had to, I had to do a reading for one of her clients. Okay. So, I mean, she's charging, you know, so much, you know, a couple hundred dollars an hour yeah. and I'm doing this for free and I want, you know, to get that certification, I better be, be really good. Right. Because they're expecting Ex- the They're master. expecting that level. Yeah. So I had to go through different hurdles and checkpoints. It wasn't just, oh, here you go. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I would like to, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see what the modules were and I, I, I maybe have to sign up for the course uh, <laughs> to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really curious about it. Well, yeah, and then she does courses about developing your intuition and then mediumship. There's stuff for anxiety. Um, there's stuff for um, just for the other side and your dreams. She has so many courses. Do most people that come out of this do what you do because you obviously sell your, your services? Um, or do people use this just for self-healing? Um, I honestly, I think it's for both, but the ones that are really passionate that like, okay, you know what, this is, I don't want to go like for me, I don't want to go back to the corporate world. Yeah. I don't want to go. It was soul sucking. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Like when I do readings or when I do healings and I come out of my, my, my healing room or that's where I do all my readings and healings. Yeah. My boyfriend says it's like night and day. Yeah. I'm floating on cloud nine. That's how I feel. Yeah. I love it. 
I love helping people. So with that, then, what kind of... So I, I truly believe that growth comes out of challenge. Mm-hmm. And so what kind of challenges do you um, incur in life? Like, is there something where you're still always challenging yourself? Definitely trusting the process. Like, when you're getting messages, don't doubt it. Just say it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll get clients that say, no. What are you talking about? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then a couple, maybe a couple days, a couple weeks. Most times I record it because yeah. then they'll go back and then they, they email me or they send me a message and say, I'm sorry, Christine, but, you know, when you told me about tomato soup and I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're just so defensive in the situation. We, sometimes we have spiritual amnesia. Yeah. Like we, we want to hear... We're so desperate. We want to hear this certain message from somebody or something else that we block all the other stuff I'm trying to give you and trying to tell you. Yeah. But I just try and give messages of love and light. And like I said, I give it to you and whatever you do with it is your choice. Right. But it's true of everything in life, right? Exactly. There's lots of people who are told you shouldn't steal and they still go out and steal. And then I get, you know, I get, unfortunately, I get people that come out of the woodwork that say, um, I'm doing the devil's work. That you are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I imagine there's some fundamental Christians. They get blocked right away. (laughs) I don't even engage. Like online blocked? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Online blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do lives on my Facebook and Instagram and I do a weekly, I do a couple videos on YouTube as well. And there's always people that come out. Yeah, yeah. There's negativity to oh, everything. Oh, of course, with yeah. everything. And that's just the more light you are, the right. more dark you attract. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I sort of believe the opposite. I find the more positive I am that I, d- I don't, uh, the negative doesn't even seem to affect me at all. So when I get my mind in a good mindset, then I don't allow that negative weight mm-hmm. or people or energy to come in on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it though. I, I had a talk with my pastor about doing a podcast and... And uh, he's concerned about the amount of negativity that he would get doing a podcast on his own out there because he brings the the word of God through the Bible and, and through his studies, theological studies, and some people just don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear that what you're doing or feeling or how you're acting is not an appropriate way to act um, and that your life would be better if you stop these certain behaviors. You know, the ego one, that's hard to hear. Yeah, I literally... I stood there and listened to him talk about it. I'm thinking, man, that makes me mad because now I got to do something about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I should be happy that I figured out something new to do, but that's part of my ego, not, not being able to give up that anger that I, that I grew up with. Yeah. Because then you have to go through pain and suffering. Yeah. But I think that's the, that's the, the key to life is maybe not pain, but some sort of suffering, Mm -hmm. some sort of, um, hardship that's, yeah that's how you get growth of course i mean a lot of people like to stay comfortable yeah in their discomfort yeah yeah we talked about that with my friend today where people get into this um uh, rhythm of their life no matter how bad it is you know drug abuse um being in an abusive relationship you know there's all these things that we know everybody knows no one yeah. thinks it's okay to get hit by somebody right outside of boxing rings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. that there there's abuse. They all know they shouldn't stay, yet most of them stay, right? Or a lot of them stay. And uh, why do you think that is? 
Well, I personally, I, it's happened to me, not the, the physical part, but the emotional. It was still an abusive relationship. You just, you get so beat down. It's like you get all these labels put on you and you start to believe them. Yeah. So you think you can't do any better. Do you think that's a cultural thing or is it just wore down over time or like when obviously they, they don't start the abuse right away, right? No. They don't start a relationship by being a jerk. No. Um, they, they slowly implement it for whatever reason, evil geniuses. I don't know. Um. Well, there were red flags at the beginning, but a lot of times we choose to look past yeah. that and see the good in the person. Yeah. And just say, oh, that's... Or, you know, unfortunately, a lot of women like to try and fix. Oh, I can change him. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen either. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to do it. I can't make you do it. No, but I was was, um, driven to change because of who my wife was. Um, You know, became less angry, drank less, did less mean things, like, over time. Oh, yeah. You you just become a better person when you're around good people. A good example. Yeah. 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 That helps. And accountability. <laughs> she wasn't going to tolerate any of my crap, so. <laughs> she kind of sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't put up with a lot of stuff. No, it's just, uh, no. yeah, she's not, uh, I'm not going to say she's not tolerant. She's very tolerant mm-hmm. and loving, but she's not going to tolerate crap. <laughs> no, exactly. No crap. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know what? We're an uh, hour and a half into this. Did you, Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything else you wanted to share? Hmm. Um... No, I just, I guess if anybody, you know, is struggling with depression, anxiety, they feel lost, they kind of, they resonate, you know, somewhat with my message or fully with what I'm talking about, you know, I, I welcome them to, you know, get in touch with me, yep. um, message we'll, me. We'll share all the links on the post when we put it up, so I'll get you to send those to me and we'll make sure they're all up there. Of course, because I'd like to help. I felt like I've helped a lot of people and... I, I'm just here to, you know, I when I wake up in the morning, I think, how may I serve? Yeah. And that's my first... How long have you been doing it? A year and a half. Oh, so you're fairly new at this. I am. <laughs> but I, I've been doing it my whole life. I just didn't know. Right. And that's the the empath part. Yes. Yeah. That you're, you're there to serve and to help, and you can just do it in a healthier way now. Yes. Not, well, at the expense of my health. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Well, we'll put those up. Thank Christine for driving down. You're the second person that came out from Edmonton to do a podcast nice. with me. So that's uh, that's very cool. I appreciate you. Thank doing you the very drive. much. Um, uh, yeah, everyone. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing. We'll post all Christine stuff um, in the um, the description. And Eric, do you want to go to outro? Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over.